0: My proven method shows you how to attract cash paying clients using social media marketing strategies that work. You don't have to guess, waste time, or hold yourself back when you follow my step-by-step method. Antoinella DeWall has worked in the field of nutrition research for most of her career. Although she has always loved her job, she didn't feel
1: fulfilled as she wanted to make more direct and immediate impact on people's lives and help them improve their health. A few years ago, she started counseling people one on one for a variety of nutrition related issues. While doing this, it became clear to her how many people were suffering from painful gut symptoms. Antoinella saw an opportunity to make a much bigger impact on the lives of so many. She specializes in a low FODMAP diet for people with IBS. Now, Antoinella helps women with IBS find relief from bloating, excess gas, constipation, diarrhea, and abdominal pain, eat a variety of healthy foods without fear, and live a life free of the constraints these symptoms pose every day, meaning not being able to socialize, travel, exercise, and more. Welcome to today's episode. And if you could let everybody know where they can find you on social media.
2: Yes. My handle on Instagram is fabmap.nutritionist.
1: Excellent. Excellent. And if you could talk a little bit, tell us about your journey with your private practice, what helped you create your business and, and grow your business. Yes,
2: it's been quite a long journey. I've been a dietitian since 2002. And I remember in my last year in school thinking what it is that I want to do with my career really. And all I could hear about was uh, working as a dietitian in a hospital, and somehow I knew it in my bones that that was not for me. And my experience in the internship really just confirmed that. Uh, I felt like I was talking to people who didn't want to hear anything I had to say. They were not ready to change or even, you know, learn about nutrition. And, uh, what I ended up doing as, as my first job was, uh, it was sort of a job that fell into my lap, uh, was uh, working in a small research company. I had completed uh, my master's research project, and my mentor was uh, working in this company, and uh, said so she needed some help. And I really enjoyed that. I, I love I loved the fact that when you're working in research, you're still learning. And I feel there's so much we still you know, I have to learn about nutrition. This field is really fascinating to me. And I think we'll we'll keep learning for years to come. And after that small research job, I progressed and I worked for Dr. Dean Ornish uh, and for a few years. Uh, and uh, finally at Stanford, where I spent most of my career. But after so many years and working there, my job, uh, as much as I really loved it, and I loved the people I was working with, became sort of administrative, and I felt like I wasn't a dietitian anymore. I was somebody who was organizing, scheduling, writing protocols. Uh, I felt I was slipping away from nutrition, and I you know, decided it was time to you know, make a change. Also, it happens after many years on the same job. You feel like you've learned everything you, you needed to learn and there's no more room for you to grow. So I really wanted to grow and, and go back to my why, or why I, I studied nutrition in the first place and, and what I wanted to do with that. Because my passion is really in how food can really change people's lives because it can prevent disease and it can heal. And so I started, you know, slowly doing one-on-one counseling. And uh, at that time, I was still working part-time in research, uh, consulting with other research companies just to make ad meets. Uh, and this was really just a side hustle up until really recently, actually.
1: Okay. And you want to talk about how recently that's transformed or what has helped you take it from side hustle to advancing the practice?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I started working and seeing you know people for all sorts of like nutrition related problems, and I I had met a doctor who was uh, referring me her patients, and at first I felt that that was a you know good way to go about it, and, and and soon enough I felt sort of like a jack of all trades, and I was just seeing people for. Different reasons: people who wanted to lose weight, or had diabetes, or rheumatoid arthritis. Uh, and I felt like every time, you know, I needed to research more <laughs> uh, to really help them at my best. And this was also part of my perfectionist side. And that was not not sustainable, really. I really wanted to get good in one thing and and be an expert in that thing, so that I could be the best resource for my clients. And what You know, sort of by coincidence, uh, a friend of me referred me, um, the daughter of a colleague who had uh, IBS irritable bowel syndrome. And I had just really learned about it because I was trying to fulfill some CU units. And so I read the book, I you know, did some research and I was really, really fascinated by how, what huge difference the low pharma diet can make for people with IBS. And I thought this was really a, an area where I could help a lot of people because unfortunately, you know, about 10 to 15% of the population suffers from IBS. And uh, I could help them get better really fast. So I felt this was really an area where I could make a big difference.
1: That's incredible. Yeah. And so once you made that decision to focus on IBS and helping people through the FODMAP diet manage symptoms, how did that change your business decisions in your practice, or what has evolved since then? So, at
2: this point, you know, I got on the quest of, of how I can you know find these clients, how I can reach the most people so I can really make that difference that I wanted to make and i first, I started approaching gastroenterologists because that seemed to be like the easiest way to get about them It, it makes sense you know people go to the G i doctor they get diagnosed, and then that's where they need. To talk to a dietitian, or at least that's what I thought, because I, I, now I, I realize I'm always being very naive. I really try to reach out to gastroenterologists in many different ways. Uh, literally knocking on their doors, uh, introducing myself, bringing letters, brochures. uh, But it was really tough. Uh, I was not getting the referrals that I needed uh, to make my business grow. And it it seemed like I was uh, talking to a wall. So I really had to change strategy. And it really took me a long time to to even realize that uh, I was sort of On a fixed mindset, if we can say, you know, this is the way to do it, this is the only way to do it, but it wasn't true. And I I realized that really what people with this condition often do is that they go to the GI doctor who is, and then they don't get very much support or resources from them. At best, if if the GI doctor is familiar with the low farm diet, they will give them a handout. And so they're left alone and they really don't know what to do. And the handout is really not enough to explain this diet. So then they turn to the internet and Google and uh, they look for support on social media. And... uh, That was sort of a breakthrough for me because I thought, well, instead of talking to the GI doctor, maybe I can talk to the people themselves and and position myself as a resource uh, so that they can know that there's something they can do to alleviate their condition, that diet can really help. And there is a solution to their gut issues. um.
1: That's incredible. And so given that background, as far as you with your business, I love that. You're saying that you, from your story of being a dietitian, Uh, for almost a decade. You worked in private practice, had a side hustle, decided that you wanted to work with the low FODMAP diet to help people manage their IBS and give them a resource beyond a pamphlet that they're given in the physician's office at best. So given that that's really clear, what helped you get really clear with being able to market to them so that you can help increase your visibility and serve more people in this niche? Can you talk a little bit about the marketing piece and the client attraction piece?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what came really clear is that I, I really knew the you know the general um, symptoms that people with IBS are suffering from: the bloating, the constipation, diarrhea, the abdominal pain, and how much this impacts you know the, the quality of life. But what came really clear is that I I needed to do a better job in listening to my current clients or to new prospective clients during discovery calls and and, in here for them, what was the most important thing to them? What was their biggest problem, their biggest issue, or what would they dream of doing if if they didn't have IBS? Uh, And so when I got better at doing that, I was also better able to speak to my audience uh, because I was really talking to them and I was... uh, maybe even using the words, the same words uh, in my in creating my content or in talking in my stories. Uh, and that has been really, really a huge, huge shift for me. Um, that has helped me reach out more to people, get feedback and get more attraction.
1: That's incredible. I love that. So you're just being in tune with what they want and need and using that back to them to help market better and help relate better with the clients and then serve and sell them. Is that correct? Correct. Fantastic. Yeah. And uh, when it comes to your offer, meaning how you serve, you know, people who struggle with IBS through the FODMAP diet to manage their symptoms, what has been a challenge, and what has been surprisingly easier with progressing your offer or getting it dialed in to serve your audience better?
2: Yeah, it's a really great question because this is really where I've grown the most in in this process. Uh, I used to offer like a very, very minimal service, just basically free single sessions because I've learned, you know, the Lofa Maasai has three steps. And I, when I talked to other dietitians, that's what they were doing. So I thought, well, this is the way to do it. And I I was stuck there for a long time, unfortunately. And I, didn't at first realize that that was not the best way, not just for my business, but also to serve my clients. Uh, uh, so the biggest struggle has been really in understanding and, and shifting my mindset uh, from, oh my God, I don't know if I have enough to give them to actually cover more than three sessions, enough education, enough if they would even you know want to pay me for more than three sessions, to actually thinking, these people really need more support. And uh, in fact, many times people were not coming back for the second or the first session, So, or they would take months before they could come back to me. And in that time, they weren't really making a whole lot of progress. Uh, uh, So I realized I wasn't really giving them enough support, enough accountability. And progressing my offer really uh, helped me to do that. So I moved on to a bundle of five sessions because that was seemed reasonable to me and it was a good you know, step. And that has worked really, really great. So much that uh, gave me even more uh, encouragement to move my offer even further to a free month. Package or programs where I see my clients every two weeks and for a total of six times. So we go through all of the steps, you know, at their own time and their own space, you know, and I'm always there to provide what they need uh, wherever they are in their journey to resolving their gut symptoms. uh.
1: Incredible. Thank you for sharing that. I love that reflection in the story of how you progressed your offer. To break it down a little bit more, what helped you do that? Because it's easy to say, "I know I need to," you know, create an offer that's uh, longer, meaning you know, going from single sessions or just a couple to a bundle or a bundle to a package. Most of us know in theory that that's helpful, mutually beneficial for the client mm-hmm. and for the bottom line of your business. But many of us have a hard time doing it. So, right. what helped you actually do it? Was it like mindset techniques? Like, what helped you?
2: Totally mindset. I just realized I was I. What was blocking me, what was uh, holding me from, from progressing my offer was uh, a little bit of an imposter syndrome, just not feeling confident enough that I had enough to give to my clients enough. And when I was able to get past that uh, and, and reframe uh, the way I, I, I was thinking about uh, uh, my services, uh, then it almost became instantaneous and it became really clear how I couldn't help them more give them more accountability give them more support uh, and help my business because yeah I still remember the day you just looked at me when I told you about my first offer and you said you can't really build a business like that you were just very firm you just can (laughs) not and that that shocked me but that
1: made me think a lot too which is brought me to really growing I appreciate the reflection and are you comfortable talking about the results of your business since adjusting your offer, perhaps like the increase in revenue or client retention? Oh,
2: absolutely. Yeah. I don't mind that at all. Um, in fact, I'm now I'm really proud of that because I went from before I started working with you making with those, you know, single sessions, I was making less than a thousand dollars a month. And in the past two months I made this month, I made $4,000, and in June, I made uh, a little over $4,000. So.
1: Incredible. Congratulations. That's so amazing. Yeah, I still can't believe it. <laughs> well, it's only, again, depending on what you want the outcome to be, how much money you want to make, I have no doubt you'll continue to get there. And thank you for sharing that with the listeners who are afraid and struggling with mindset, as we all are at different stages, yeah. of journeys, from, from getting started to having a business and progressing the business, to using social media, to you know, uh, changing or adjusting our offer. So I really love you sharing your story. I think it's really motivating for the dietitians listening. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And for dietitians who are feeling stressed about getting started, because they have a lot going on. And a lot of us like to delay taking action, especially when it comes to business growth. (laughs) What tips would you have or steps uh, for a dietitian listening who's inspired but still scared?
2: Yes, that's really, really important. And and I've been there. And I would say really take it one day at a time. Set your goals and see what it is that there's one small thing that you can do maybe today and one small thing you can do tomorrow. You never know where that will lead you. Like for me, for example, it was a lot about talking to just friends or family, people I will come across with that I decided to change my job and, and what my new you know what I really wanted to do my career what my goal was uh, what my passion was and it's amazing how that led to job opportunities really open doors literally so don't be afraid to put it out there in the universe and just take even if it's just starting to talk or share on your facebook change
1: that's what you're doing now that's that's the first step I love that, and is that something that you struggled with as far as putting yourself out there? Calls to action on social—is that something you had to work through? I know. Yeah, I- yeah,
2: yeah. I, you know, I've always been like very reserved and timid, and and maybe not telling too much to people. Uh, Before I knew I was succeeding in something, for example, uh, fear, disappointing, um, all of that.
1: (laughs) And how do you? And that's so normal. How do you work through those fears that we all have about disappointing those perfectionist tendencies?
2: Yeah, so I have a new mantra actually that I learned from you. I think on day one, and it just couldn't be more perfect. Imperfect action is better than perfect action because my whole life, my perfectionist has kept me back, really, and. I could see so many times where I could go back now in time if and if I knew that I would have done things really differently. And even I, I do that every day, you know, I work a lot on a post, on some content, and it still is not perfect, but you know, it's then I think is it good enough. Does it re- resonate with my audience? And then I post it and tomorrow I'll do even better. And I've grown really, if I look at my content, you know, three months ago, they look like they were done by a six year
1: old. (laughs) And uh, I was able to learn and grow and do better and better. That's incredible. I love that mindset. And that's so positive. So thank you for sharing that. And speaking about emotions, right, the fear that we have and mindset and mantras, which are all really important. Can you talk a little bit about your fears uh, with charging more or a higher price point with your offer?
2: Yeah, that was really a big one for me. And, you know, when I started to change my offer, I, you know, that came with increasing my prices and there was always that uh, question in the back of my mind, oh my God, are people going to really pay this much to see a dietitian? And I realized it was mostly my money mindset that was, you know, keeping me back and holding me back and uh, really people will pay for something that's really important to them and it goes back to where they are in their journey whether they're ready and whether that's really something that's important for them i still remember my very first client you know and way back i was charging very little but he said and to me that that seemed like a lot you know but he said you know that is nothing if you can solve my gut issues Uh, and That was just like, it blew me away and that made me feel, you know, proud of what what I was doing and only just last week. So now I'm, I'm offering three months programs and I'm giving my clients the option to pay in full or an installment. And I got off the phone with this woman who just literally, I, you know, I sent her the invoice in less than five minutes. She had already paid in full. And when I you know, first proposed to her the program, she said, well, that is really reasonable. You know, Consider all the amount of work you have to do for three months. That is not excessive at all. <laughs> so that really made me realize that you know, what I think is a lot of money is not the same that other
1: people may think it's a lot of money. So it all goes back to mindset. Incredible. I love that reflection. And any kind of tips to break that down further? for dietitians now, I think you already said starting small, but for a dietitian, let's assume she's has a side business, a side hustle. What do you wish you knew a year ago that you don't know now with regard to charging your worth? Like what, what would you have done? Would it have been journal prompts, affirmations, what would have helped you get to where you are faster?
2: I think, uh, working on my mindset, has really been what has helped me grow the most. Uh, And so there are little things I do, for example, when I go on my walks, I listen to audiobooks on mindset, money mindset, uh, and I've learned about affirmations uh, and I just recently started applying them and uh, I'm actually blown away of how much just starting your day with telling yourself, you know... This is your goal. This is what the impact you, make or want, you want to make in the world uh, and uh, that you're not go, going to let yourself you know, hold you back. It really sets the tone for the day and makes me a lot more confident in getting through all of those difficult steps during the day.
1: I love that. A solid morning routine, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing the actionable step of listening to audiobooks on mindset when you're out walking. Yeah, that's fantastic. Last question, Antonella. What's next for your business? Okay,
2: so, well, I think that in the short term, I really want to get a much bigger flow of clients and keep uh, honing on my current offer and, and see how I can improve then, and reach out. To more people, so really getting better with my content on Instagram, uh, my discovery calls uh, skills, uh, so can I can really reach out to more people. But in, in more of a longer term, um, I have other ideas. For example, I I like to cook, and I did go to culinary school, so I love creating recipes and so possibly an ebook, book uh, e-recipe book, uh, and uh, ultimately if I get to reach out a lot more people, I would love to have a group program. And again, this is something I can't envision right now because I have no idea how that could work for my niche, but at least I have that open mindset that, you know, I don't have to figure it out now, you know,
1: that will come and uh, I, I'm, I'm open to that possibility. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And any last final note you want to leave with us, maybe just your social media handles, so everybody can give you a follow and, and let you know that this episode impacted them. Thank you. Yes, I am Nutritionist, And I also have a website that's yep. just my name, um, AntonellaDual.com. Excellent. Thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on air. Thank you, Libby. It's been a pleasure for me too.
0: If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at LibbyRothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.